What's up my fellow scruffy looking nerf herders and welcome to the Carbonite Chat. Today we're going to be talking about how not to write characters for anything, but particularly for Star Wars. This is going to be going through can the canon novel, Last Jedi, canon like that means anything nowadays. The Last Jedi novel, chapters 14 through 17. This kind of really details just some of the big issues with the movie and of course with the novel as well. The novel fortunately uh, just continues to make things worse and worse. If it tries to fix something it messes up something later on down the road or it just it makes a character worse you know like I did yesterday with Ray. You know it tried to solve the Mary Sue thing and answer why she was able to have her powers but it just ultimately caused more issues and actually made her more of a Mary Sue because <laughs> The definition of a Mary Sue is somebody that gains powers or has abilities that she hasn't earned or worked for. That's exactly how she gained her powers. She just kind of took them from Kylo. And so now we go into just kind of basics on how to make a character. And the main one here is Holdo. Now, a lot of people had issues with Holdo, and I've dealt with Holdo quite a bit, but... Yet again, it's just another example of how you just don't, you just don't do a character like it's so bad. And to bring a new character into an existing universe that we already know these other characters. And so when we're watching, and I, I've, I discussed this before, I believe on my video about what pisses people off about Canto Bite, but it fits here as it fits in anything. There's two two perspectives when you're watching a movie or you're reading a story. When you're in a story, there is an overall omniscient point of view in which you have all the information of what's going on. And so you're seeing it as kind of like the God's eye overlooking everything. And in this scenario, you're not really in the point of view of anyone. This is how most, you know, like Marvel superhero type stories are told. Then you have stories that are more, you know, character driven, personal, that tend to kind of have twists in them. You're told from a limited point of view. So this would be something like a fight club or like a memento or other types of films where it's kind of a little more toned down where you don't need to see this huge expanse of universe of everything that's going on. Now what happens though when you're in an omniscient film, which is like what Star Wars typically is, but it also really runs with a limited view, such as in A New Hope, our views are limited to that which Luke Skywalker knows as we're going forward. We only know as much about the galaxy and only know as much about the Force or the Jedi or Darth Vader as Luke knows. In the same sense, if you're in a conversation, you're in a situation where you don't know all the information and you have to pick a limited view, you choose the person that you know best, the person that you connect with. And for the most part, that's the character that you spent mo the most amount of time with. This is why Holdo and Rose are two of the most hated characters. And we'll see this through these chapters. Now, I will be getting into the chapters. I'm just kind of setting up this premise a little bit before we go forward to so I don't have to backtrack or repeat myself on multiple occasions as we're going through this. But Holdo, when she's talking down to Poe and when she's treating Poe like this and specifically when you see Poe's point of view, because I argued this was Poe's point of view in my video, Poe is actually the hero, not the villain. When I looked at how 
he was portrayed in the comics and how his character actually would have been acting and the reasons why he was acting the way he was doing was actually heroic and was actually the thing that the majority of people would do in his situation. And this is why people hate Holdo because Holdo's talking down to him. It's trying to make him out as this crazed idiot or as Nerdist in Den of Geeks articles said, an example of toxic masculinity. Now, the problem is, is to their benefit, the I will give them benefit when I'll give them credit when it's due. They actually portray Poe in these moments as he should be. He is focused on other people. He's not trying to do it for his own gain. He's not trying to do it because he's a hot-headed flyboy or any of the stupid little like words or phrases that they use particularly Holdo. And so really, it makes Holdo look worse in this novel, in my opinion, because it portrays Poe as a sensible person, and Holdo is just, I don't want to call someone this in, you know, a video, but you all know what I'm thinking. She's basically a bee. Like, that's just what she is. It's the only way to explain her character. Like, it, that's who she is. And a lot of people try to say that, no, she just, she hated Poe because he killed so many with the bombing thing. But that falls apart when later he's unconscious and her and Leia just stand there and he's, she's like, oh, I really like him. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. So as we go forward, Poe walks in, and this is going in with the novel now. Poe walks in and he looks around and he sees kind of everyone's not comfortable with what's going on. Everybody's kind of worried. At this point, they're trying to get the people off the medical frigate. And if you remember from the medical frigate, that that's the one that we see actually getting blown up. You know, all the ships get blown up. But this is the one we see where the captain stays with the ship and he ends up saying, does he say Godspeed or was that just Holdo? He says, he says, he calls them rebels, first of all, which is just stupid, but it's that moment. Um, and <laughs> he goes and they're trying to figure out how to get them off, that those ships are running out of fuel quicker. So they're trying to figure out how to get people away. And Poe, seeing everyone around because he's been around all these people, he spent time with them. Holdo hasn't. This is the problem. You insert Holdo. And it starts in Poe, again, showing respect to her. It starts in the movie where he brings up the fact like, oh, Holdo from this battle, which I don't get what battle this was supposed to be at. Because where was there a battle for her to do something heroic or special that Poe would be impressed by? We never see her in the rebellion. Never. So this is another character that supposedly existed through the rebellion that there's supposedly some history that we just never see and don't know about. We just, it's missed. And then so the only real battle she could have been in was after they went on Endor and they were just kind of cleaning out the Empire. But we've got all the Aftermath novels and she's not in those. So what story is it? She wasn't in the comics either. So where's this battle coming from? Because it wasn't with the First Order. Because the first battle, the, them coming out of hiding, we saw in The Force Awakens. There was a stand-down order across the galaxy in the comics. It's clear if you read through the Poe po comics. So where is this coming from? It's not coming from anywhere. It's coming from an idiot writer named Ryan Johnson who doesn't know anything. Doesn't follow canon. Doesn't follow the story. 
doesn't care what's happened before. He just writes in stuff to write in stuff. And it's this problem with this whole sequel trilogy where it's, we're not going to show the characters. We're not going to build the characters by allowing you to see what they do in circumstances. And that builds up who they are. Instead, what we're going to do is we're just going to tell you, Snoke's the most powerful. Now, Ray's really powerful. She knows stuff. You know, Luke's a coward now. Just, just trust us. Luke's changed because it's been a amount of time. Holdo is a respectable person. Now pose a flyboy hothead. It's just, we're just going to tell you something. You just got to accept it. It's not seeing how these characters change and adjust over time. It's not learning about their character traits and being like, okay, that's the type of person who that is. We didn't get told you know, oh, there's Luke Skywalker. He really cares about his friends and family, and he'll run into trouble anytime they're in trouble because he cares most about them. We didn't have that. We didn't have a moment like, oh, Luke Skywalker, you mean that guy that we all know that really cares about the people in his family? Like, we, we didn't have these things. We didn't have as Darth Vader walked in, oh, the most terrifying Darth Vader, the powerful Sith leader that ends up controlling and running everything, and he's super powerful. He's the most powerful person we know of right now. Oh, nope, here's the Empire Emperor. He's the most powerful now. Like, it just, it didn't have that. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's lazy. It's dumb. It's stupid. So we have that that doesn't make sense. Poe shows respect for her, like is in awe that this is who did it. And then, so he brings up, he sees that the people are obviously not real comfortable with what's going on. That there's been, their ships are just getting picked off. And there's no plan given at all. No one knows what to do. So Poe steps up and says something. Because again, he's always been the leader. When something needed to get done, when someone needed to be protected, like we saw at the beginning of the movie, when they didn't know how to get away from the First Order, they call on Poe, and Poe steps up and faces off with the entire First Order fleet all by himself. But this is supposed to be portrayed as a bad thing. That he's willing to sacrifice himself and die, without question, so that everyone else can get away safely. That's Poe. But yet, this is trying to put out as something bad. So Holdo then goes, so he brings, brings up to Holdo and says, hey, you know, what's going on? What's the plan? And she mocks him, as per typical. And she's like, oh, what do you want? Some heroic save the day kind of plan? And he's like, no, I, I just want to know some plan. Like we need, so we can have an idea of what to do. Again, this is a guy just kind of like pleading at this point, like, hey, come on, do something. Show me something. Explain something. Give me something to do. Give everyone something to do so that we know what's going on. Instead of just standing there in your ball gown and your stupid haircut. I mean, the most basic, like at this point, it's becoming an issue that they, he keeps bringing it up. Give them something minor to do. Something. But no, she just mocks him. It, it's absolutely terrible. And this is supposed to be seen as like a positive character. This is supposed to be a hero. But she says, no, there will be no hero, uh, idiotic heroic things. And he says, well, you're destroying everything Leia built. 
Again, this is him focusing on what for other people. He's been there this whole time. He's seen everything Leia's gone through to build up this fleet. And he's seeing the fleet just being killed off after killed off after killed off. Just ship after ship after ship after ship. To the point that at the end of it, they don't even have any ships left. But yet, it's supposed to be as if Poe's the crazy person here. That Poe's the one doing wrong. That Holdo is a genius. That Holdo is brilliant. That she's great. This is just stupid. And again, this is that perspective we're looking at. When she's talking down to Poe and saying about his idiotic, heroic plans and stuff like that, it's talking down to us as the audience because we're looking at it from his point of view because we don't know the plan. We want to know the plan. Even in the movie, you can see Poe look around and you can see you know, some uncomfortable people. Like, you know this is what's going on. Everyone knows what's going on at Self for Holdup. This is exactly like Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson. <clears throat> Everyone realizes that this is an issue, but they're just oblivious to it. They're throwing themselves parties and talking about how it was the greatest joy they ever had working together. So... Then he says, you're destroying Leia. So again, now we're putting ourselves in another perspective. Whose perspective are we going to take? We're going to take Leia's. We've seen what's happened with the Rebellion. We've seen her now with the Resistance. And we're seeing this new nobody destroying it all. It's why everyone thought that the most logical decision was to be that she's a First Order plant. Which is exactly what makes sense. Because Ryan's so stupid and terrible at writing, he either just blatantly didn't notice it or he thought he was being clever and he was going to subvert it. The problem is when you subvert something, something else better has to come from it. The realization of what comes after the subversion should be positive. Not like, okay, that's sure... But that doesn't make any sense then. If she was a good guy the whole time, why is she talking down to the people in the resistance? Why didn't she tell them the plan? You can't tell me she didn't know Kratik was there to begin with. First off, if you go into canon, I know canon doesn't matter, but if you go into canon, she was very, very skilled in astronomy. She could tell from the stars where they were at almost any point. It's in the Leia, Princess of Alderaan novel. So she's in that location. She has been to Crate with Leia. She would have an idea of where they're at. She would know. She would know Crate's there. Why isn't she saying anything? Why? Could they not hold it off to one sit? one location on the ship that's allowed to transmit information and that prevents anyone from leaking if they were afraid of spies? Because I mean, I, the only argument you can have is she was afraid of spies, but why wouldn't that be mentioned in the movie? Why not have one moment where someone mentions, we think there might be a spy here? But no, they know it's a tracker, so they know they're being tracked, so there's nothing to do with spies. If they had a spy inside, the resistance base at Dakar would have been found out a long time ago, but it wasn't. There's no reason to believe there's spies on board. It doesn't make sense. It's, 
It's the people that are trying to defend the movie to create headcanon so that it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. So then, okay, he says that, hey, you're destroying Leia's stuff. And then Holdo, in just the classiest thing you could ever say, says, oh, if you want to serve a princess, go grab a bedpan. Yeah, this is this is this is this great strong female character that we have now. This is this great new character Ryan gave us. Notice if you those that are like, oh, Ryan, he, he's a good writer. The characters that he created completely on his own are by far the worst. <laughs> I mean, Holdo is a horrible person. I mean. This guy is clearly just caring about other people. He's not trying to come up with some idiotic, heroic thing. He's not trying to just blow up something, as she says. He cares about Leia and what's happening to our fleet because he knows that there's going to be another battle. And they need ships. And he knows how hard it's been to get the stuff that they have because he's the one that's had to go on missions to get all of this stuff. He's the one that went on the missions that got them the fuel that they have now that's running out that he almost died trying to get. And he is also the one that got the map to Luke Skywalker that they think is going to save them. That's who this character is. And then Holdo says, no, someone's got to rescue this fleet from heroes. What? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Someone's got to see this is the problem and, and I'm going to get into this further and there's more from this that comes later with comments that are made by Luke that show how stupid Ryan is as well as Jason Fry that they're just contradicting themselves constantly that this thing is so just convoluted and horrible that nothing they do makes sense because it's so dumb that when they try to make sense of things later, it contradicts everything. And so constantly, the movie's just contradicting itself. Constantly. That's all it is. And it's not clever. It's not smart. It's not brilliant. It's not going to be 20 years from now when we realize it's, you know, all this brilliant stuff. It's just the vast majority of people who like it still and try to argue it just haven't seen it enough yet they enjoyed it the first time because of nostalgia there was enough people that are idiots like john campier patrick willems that ended up going and trying to say no nah, this is great this is the best no y'all don't know remember empire strikes back people didn't like it but now people people didn't like the last jedi either yeah except for your arguments are critics and that doesn't work <laughs> The critics weren't a big fan of Empire Strikes Back. And people say, oh, because it was different. Actually, if you read the critic reviews, most of them say it's the same old, same old. They didn't do that much different. <laughs> That's actually the critics' arguments. Is that they didn't do enough different. When really the actual comparison is Phantom Menace. But anyways. It, it's not brilliant. It's just not. And... We'll get to it. So it jumps from there after Holdo's stupid, just stupid comments. The writing of her is so dumb. Like, how, how do you make such an unlikable character? How do you do that? So then we go to another unlikable character, Rose. And Rose begins to go. And they're trying to land at Canto Bight. 
and she's annoyed with Finn because Finn's afraid. And I, I'm going to go over a few Finn issues before I cover something that I haven't covered before, but I've heard enough people talk about it that I'll definitely discuss it a little bit. So, of course, Finn's just a little fraidy cat. Again, you know, he's afraid of landing a ship. This is someone that's been raised as a child to be a soldier, but he's nervous about flying a ship onto a casino planet. It just doesn't even make sense. It's, it's just, this is what I mean. It's so dumb. Like, it's just, it's insane. Man. Ugh. So, they're flying. And... So then you have the comments that were, of course, stupid, where Rose says she's only heard stories, but then talks down about everybody at Canto Bite and says how awful they are. In the novel, it says that she felt bad about it. But then she says, but they deserve it because all of the people that are there, they are living in this nice place with these nice clothes while everywhere around them and the world's burning, but they don't do anything. So they're awful people. Let's just look at this logically. There's been 30, 30 years of peace after Return of the Jedi. 30 years of peace. A few days ago, the First Order revealed themselves. A few days ago. Where's the world been burning at? It's been led by the New Republic, supposedly in a peaceful environment. What is it? Is everyone supposed to be like... Making sure every planet across the entire galaxy is perfectly peaceful before you can enjoy any pleasure. This is the stupidity that we're rising to. So it's not that if you have a little bit of money. If you have a little bit of money and you're watching this. And you want to go on a vacation or you want to buy you some new clothes. Or a new shirt. Or some new shoes. Or something like that. Or maybe, you know, upgrade your car or your house. Like, you can't do that. You can't do that or you're a horrible, terrible person. That's what Disney, that's what Lucasfilm's telling you. Even though Disney is like the example of capitalism. The example of doing all these things that Rose is trying to say is terrible. But it's okay because they're going to call everyone sexist and racist and they're going to pretend like they're on the, you know, they're making sure they're taking care of the little man. It's a joke. But... Think about that. If you want anything, anything, you're considering going out to eat tonight instead of fixing yourself a, you know, a ham sandwich, something as cheap as you can possibly do, because a, somewhere in Africa or Vietnam or North Korea or wherever, bad things are happening to people. And you can't have any fun, you can't dress nice, you can't enjoy anything in life that you've worked to earn. You can't enjoy it until everyone else is okay. And wait, that's just this planet though. See, Rose is talking about the entire galaxy. So you can't even, you can't even get our world right. Think of how insane of a comment that is. How insane of a person it takes to make some comment like that. And then she's not even talking about it by fact. She says, these are just stories I've heard. It's just so, it's, it's just, it blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. But this is brilliant. This is great storytelling. It's not lazy. It's not dumb. It's, 
It's brilliant. And then we go to Finn again. Rose wants to walk back for some reason. No reason, just to set this little gag up. I'm surprised they didn't put it in the movie. I wonder if it's in the deleted scenes. I need to watch them. But she says, hey, don't touch anything because Finn can't fly. Oh, don't worry. They covered that plot hole. We'll get to it. Um, Finn can't fly. So she said, don't touch anything. And he says, oh, of course, I'm not going to touch anything. And then leans on something that he didn't think was anything. It didn't look like one of those stick thingies that she flew with. Yeah, that's like, it may not have been stick thingy, but it was along that lines is exactly what she he says. This is the level of writing we're discussing here. And it causes the ship to almost crash. BBA ends up in the toilet. This is a Jar Jar moment. This is like you take Finn out and you make it be Jar Jar and it makes perfect sense. This is who we have. This is this is who they've made out Finn to be. So then it goes a little bit further. And she now says that she wants to help him learn how to fly. It's time for him to learn how to fly. Now forget that they're on a mission that's time sensitive. That they need to get somewhere. And... They need to get there quick and handle their business and get back to save everyone. Because as you know, Rose is the smart, heroic person that has to do right. But yeah, we're going to teach Finn how to fly here. Why is now the time to teach him how to fly? When you're trying to sneak onto a planet. But now's the time. And so she says, here's the control. Here's the throttle. And here's the brake. Three things. The control yoke. Here's the control yoke, the throttle, and the brake. And Finn goes, I'm so confused. So here's where I'll get into Finn a little bit. I didn't pay as much attention. There's so many issues going on that I didn't pick this one out. But I've had quite a few people. Enough to bring it up. That have talked about that Finn's portrayal is extremely racist. That he's played out as this really awful stereotype. Of the dumb black guy that's just afraid running constantly. And just wants to get away and only take care of himself. Oh, but I'll go help out the white girl. And I'll just, you know, I'll only do right if I can get the girl. And oh, I need this girl to teach me how to drive. And I'm so dumb I can barely figure it out. Oh, let me stumble and fumble and mess up and screw up everything. It's like a 1930s, 1940s racist portrayal of a character as if. You know, I don't, the black faced, big lipped comic character that would never be shown on TV now because it's such a racist portrayal. But here we have, in the brilliant, beautiful diversity of The Last Jedi, here's what we have with Finn. Not to mention the other character, the other issues with this character, such as he is a stormtrooper, was raised as a stormtrooper had been brainwashed his whole life, yet has no repercussions. There's no issues coming later. Why didn't you have him when he popped out of a coma, forgetting that he had what had happened? That he pops out and it's back to the typical brainwashing. That in the coma, it reset and he's having issues. He's on the resistance thing. He doesn't, and they've got to deal. See, there's some conflict that makes sense in the story. And it's building on what happened before. Or what about the fact that he was a stormtrooper. He stopped being a stormtrooper because he saw his friend being killed and realized 
whoa, this is real. There's people dying. And then he saw other people being killed. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of the first order because people are being killed. And my friend who was a part of the first order was killed. And you can logically think that he's got more friends in the first order. Yet immediately he just starts killing them all like it's nothing. But he just starts shooting them all. Later on, using the lightsaber to stab some people. Which is nothing. He's not put in a situation where he has to do it. I mean, you can argue he is to some extent. But there's nothing that shows that he, like, you know, had to struggle with this, had to deal with the fact that, like, man, I needed to get out of that Star Destroyer. But, God, I can't, I can't believe, I hope I didn't kill any of my friends. There, there's nothing. There's nothing there. There's no morality to this character that supposedly made a change because of morality. Then you add, after that, he's just the butt of the jokes. He's just the running gag. He doesn't really do anything. He has to be saved by other people. He's the dumb idiot. And I've heard quite a few people discuss that this is very racist. And at this point, especially in this novel, it's very hard to argue otherwise. Why is he doing it this way? Why is he being this type of character? He was a stormtrooper. He was trained for war. Why can't he? It makes no sense that Rose is the one that's got to lead this. That Rose is the one that's got to have the information that knows that certain people are weapons dealers. Why wouldn't Finn know this? Why wouldn't Finn already be able to fly? Why does he always need everyone else to be able to do these things for him? Why? It's just a little interesting nugget to think about when this whole diversity train of we're doing everything so great is going on with Disney. Yet is it really? And if you want to even go further, Poe's actually Latino. He's not even white. So yet again... We have a degrading of a minority. Just a thought. Just an interesting little tidbit to think about. So then yet again we have Poe. And he's helping the people on the frigate off. And this is where he begins to see just the, just how distraught they are. That they're broken up about what's been going on. That he sees none of them have hope. And of course he blames this on Holdo. But see this is what's going on that the movie doesn't show you. That again, portrays Holdo in a terrible position. That this is just shows this isn't how you write the character. This isn't how it's done. If, if you wanted to make it out that way, again, show that she's not telling for a reason. And then have it where she's helping off the people. And she's trying to give hope in different ways. But she can't tell people, but she's always there. She's the first one to help them off. And then... If you're trying to make it out as Poe being the bad person, which I don't agree with that you could do in the story properly following his actual character, have him off trying to do some other plans. But no, you have him helping out and you have Holdo not doing anything at all. 
she's saving the fleet from heroes, is what she's doing. And then you have Rose, who's talking down to Finn. Yet again, the character that if we're in this situation, we're putting ourselves in the perspective of Finn. So we're being treated as if we're dumb. Rose is the genius that comes up with all the brilliant ideas. Again, a character we've never known. Versus a character that we followed through an entire movie before. And so we have this yet again perspective, which is why these two characters are two of the most hated characters in the movie. Because they're talking down to us. When Rose is like, you know, how can you like this place? Look a little bit closer and starts telling him all this stuff as if he's an idiot for not knowing it. That's how she's talking to us. But that was all done in my video on why Canto Bite sucks. So I won't go too far into that again. Now, Kylo, it goes into when they have their second Force Bond meeting. And she calls Kylo a monster. And this is one of their shorter ones. And Kylo's like, yeah, you're right. And it says that she senses that that like, hurt Kylo's feelings. That Kylo's feelings were hurt because he was called a monster. And it's as if this is the turning point that begins to make her not want to view him as badly. Because you called the person that killed someone you looked up to. And then almost killed another person that you were close to. The two people you were closest to in your life, they, they tried to kill one they did kill. And because you call them a monster and it seems to hurt their feelings. Not to mention that this greatest villain is getting his feelings hurt because someone calls him a monster. This People have been saying it's like Twilight. This is worse than Twilight. I haven't read Twilight. I just It's worse. It's worse. <laughs> it's, I mean, this isn't a Star Wars movie, people. This is, this is in absolutely, unbelievably insane. So now Finn's trying to land. And, of course, he doesn't really know how to fly. And because he's, you know, a dumb black guy. Now, again, prior stuff, because that can be taken out of context and make me look terrible. Um prior context statement that's ryan johnson's so there was a cut that normally doesn't happen ironically right after the comment that i said could be taken out of context and uh you know the white guy making a black guy joke um thought about cutting it because i was like hey save yourself but i thought no nah, i'm gonna leave it um unfortunately i forgot to delete the prior videos that I had done and uh, ran out of storage and so I lost the last bit of the video that I shot so after much screaming and throwing stuff around angrily now nah, I handled it perfectly calm I didn't get mad at all um, but anyways let's continue so Finn's trying to land um, in case it I'll probably cut this part off just because I'm in the middle of saying it but the the dumb black guy reference that was ryan talking not me that was as if how he's thinking when he was writing this um but you know it's in his mind it's like you know black guys like oh look at the bright lights and the you know colors and oh it's like chains and oh i can't pay attention and boom crash the car like that that's how he sees it that 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 you know this is this is why people are finding this character to be racist. 
that Finn is paying attention to the Canto Bight lights and what's going on. And he's not focusing on landing a ship. And so he crashes it. But it doesn't, it's not to make into the story for why they landed in a terrible situation that gets them in trouble. No, it's just to make Finn look stupid because even after this, even after this, Rose and him have a conversation about, he's like, well, why didn't we land in the spaceport? Why do we have to land here? And she's like, because we need to, you know, be quick and we can't land in that location because we don't have permits. So this was literally just added to make this character look dumber, to look more like Jar Jar. It's insane. <laughs> when this was brought to me by quite a few people about that Finn's character was a racist portrayal of awful stereotypes. That I was like, huh, that's interesting. And this, the more and more it got into it, I was like, yeah, you're right. I guess like I just wasn't thinking like 1930s and 40s like racist versions. You know. <laughs> And so I just I didn't I didn't catch it. And of course there's so many many issues. But anyways, that's kind of that for Finn. Moving forward, one more thing with the Canto Bite thing. So if you're thinking like, oh, Canto Bite was the worst part of the movie, well, it's pretty bad in the book too. And this isn't even covering the actual Canto Bite stuff. They're going and they kind of run into someone, and it's. The way they portray it, they don't really say it, but it seems like they kind of like basically give them the bird. And Rose's response, <laughs> the great example she is, tells them that they can go F themselves. That's right. You heard me. That's in Star Wars now. Finn blushes because they love to blush. Every character's got to blush. This is like the fifth time Finn's blushed. Um... I don't get it. Stupid. It's terrible. Terrible writing. Um, but yeah. It's like. List of things we shouldn't do in a Star Wars movie. Hmm. Yep. That one. Let's let's put that one in there. I mean. It's insane really. It's just. It's. It's mind boggling. The things that they do. Alright. So the final part. Basically chapter 17. To wrap this baby up. This is good though. This is this is brilliant. This adds all of this kind of before and after and just how stupid they are. So this is the second time. This is the second lesson of training. And Luke, the first lesson was that the Force isn't owned by the Jedi. Because that's what we all thought. We all thought the Jedi owned the Force, didn't we? That's what everyone thought. No one thought this. Why is this even an explanation? Like, oh, the Jedi owned the Force. Like... Ray didn't show up thinking that. She doesn't know anything about it. This is the problem is Ryan's just writing to to write against the Jedi. That's it. He's an angry, nerdy kid that got picked on in elementary school by the popular kids and was always picked last in kickball or dodgeball and then was like, you know, pelted with all the balls in dodgeball. And then given a wedgie and a swirly and ran home crying to his mom. Probably he was just picked last. Because this isn't, you know, a 1980s high school movie. 
that plays it up as if these bullies are the worst human beings ever. <laughs> I mean, they do exist. I'm not saying they don't. And, but it, it's just like, it, it doesn't make sense that there's this much hatred to the Jedi Order because it doesn't make sense in the, none of this makes sense. And I'm going to continue to go through each point not making sense. It's clear that Ryan just doesn't like the Jedi Order. And he doesn't like Luke. And this is why he treats all of them this way. So the first, the Jedi, Dawn on the Force. Mind-boggling revelation. Everyone was right. I can't believe I didn't see it. He's brilliant. He's improving on the mythos. I just didn't know Star Wars well enough. That was the problem. I didn't know the Force and lore. That was a comment in the last video. That, but uh, now I know. Now I know <laughs> that the Force isn't owned by the Jedi. So then, lesson two is why the Jedi Order doesn't need to exist. Yet again, Ray just came for a teacher. Just teach her how to use the Force. That's it. <laughs> Why do you have to have all these other things? The only reason these things are here is because Ryan wanted to add them in. To us, it's logical that she wants to become a Jedi. But she doesn't know what the Jedi are. She's just now barely learned about them. She's just now barely learned anything about the Force. So when she shows up and knows nothing and says, I need a teacher. That I felt something inside of me. I need someone to show me the ways of the Force. That's it. You just teach her the Force. There you go. Move along. Don't even... That's it. <laughs> but no, we got to hate on the Jedi. So, here's why the Jedi Order doesn't need to exist. And this is in the movie. Luke begins to go on to a little tirade that makes zero sense. Has absolutely illogical... It's anyone that knows anything about Star Wars is just like, no, this this is dumb. This is stupid. But Ryan doesn't know anything about Star Wars. Neither does Jason Fry. So they wrote this. And it's that the Jedi Order failed. If you look deeper, everyone views them as legends. And everyone views them in a bright light. Because they should. Um, but if you look deeper, that they're actually screw-ups. That they're actually completely and totally screw-ups. <laughs> okay, let's just let's just look over it. Then. Let's look deeper, as Luke says. Phantom Menace happens. Now, the other thing they mention he mentions that the height of their power they let Sidious come to power. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and it just shows that Ryan doesn't know Star Wars. He doesn't know the lore. He doesn't know it at all, even in the movies. Yoda and Mace are having regular conversations about something's going on that they can't feel it. That they feel that their, you know, connection to the Force, that their ability to see what's happening is 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 going away. That maybe they need to tell the Council about this. But they they don't. They decide not to. But it's it's discussed that they are becoming weaker. That something's going on that they can't see. This is clearly not in their prime. Clearly, this is clearly at a point where they've been in power for so long that they've gotten lazy. That now they're making mistakes. But okay, right there, Phantom Menace. What happened before that? Oh, you mean a thousand years of peace under the Jedi? 
under the Jedi Order. They were peacekeepers. Yeah, if you remember in Attack of the Clones, they were discussing that they don't go to war. Because they're peacekeepers. <laughs> so really it's a thousand and fourteen years. But we'll just say a thousand to make it even. And I already I did the math earlier. And I don't want to do... Don't want to um, redo it. And I just want to sound smart. Even though I just told on myself saying that I already did the math beforehand. But we have a thousand years of peace. Then we have about thirty-five years of Sidious being in power. So this is, that's the Jedi failing. But then the Jedi and Luke save it. Destroy the Sith and bring peace to the galaxy again for 30 more years. So that's 1,030 years to 35 years. Doing the math in my head that I didn't do beforehand, I was lying earlier. That comes out to 99.98%. 99.98%. Ninety-nine point nine eight percent of the time, the Jedi were in power, or the Jedi were going on, that they had peace. Yep, man, that's terrible, terrible odds. I mean, I don't want to make a Han pun right there because it just seems seems in poor taste. Not really in poor taste. I just don't want to do it. It's right there. Someone's going to comment it. But 99.8%. Um, that .024, man, they deserve to be done. I mean, those those odds are awful. Even Han wouldn't want those odds. I mean, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't even make the slightest bit of sense. That out of 165 years, 35 of it, they did bad. So that means they need to end. That means they need to be over with and done. It's awful. It's terrible. Which just shows how stupid this writing is. It just shows how illogical it is. Then we go and Luke says, actually, the reason he that Kylo's to the dark side and is bad because he's Luke Skywalker. And again, we got to bash down on the Skywalker name, which is something Luke continually does. He mocks the blood of Skywalkers. It's mocking Lucas because that was Lucas's baby. That's all he did. Was It was about the Skywalkers. It was the Skywalker saga. It was about their bloodline. But now it's being mocked by Ryan. Yet all these people are trying to praise it and act like, nah, Disney's not doing anything bad to Lucasfilm. They're not hurting the mythos. That They're not trying to take away from the characters. I mean... It's unbelievable. But he failed. So, okay, so if he failed, then why is the Jedi Order failures then? <laughs> Isn't it Luke that's a failure now? Or can they not make up their mind? Or is it just Ryan hates all of the past and hates all of this that they're all bad? Luke's the failure. Jedi Order's a failure. The Jedi Order needs to end. The Jedi Order made mistakes. Because they didn't connect with emotion, which is something we already learned earlier in the novel, that Luke had abandoned from the beginning. Leia even said earlier in the novel, when they're coming out of hyperspace and she's trying to make connections, and she sees that you know Poe's a terrible person as they're always trying to play out. That she mentions that Luke's already said that that was a bad idea. That the same thing that 
caused Anakin to turn to the dark side was what brought him back. So it's not emotional attachment. That's not a problem and that's okay. So the one real actual issue with the Jedi Order, he's already fixed. So what's the problem then with the Jedi Order? I've already shown that mathematically they are peacekeepers the vast, absolute majority of the time to the point where it's not even worth referencing the other. But now you're saying it's Luke that's a problem. The, what? So then to go further, of course, Ray sees through this and says, no, Kylo failed you, but I won't fail you. So again, the woman can see the truth, but the dumb men can't. They make mistakes and don't know anything. And then Luke says he doesn't know what's more dangerous, Ray or Kylo, because Ray wants to be like Luke, and that might be more dangerous than Kylo. <laughs> it's just, yeah. The guy that commented that I know he's not watching these videos anymore, about my prologue where I said that Disney just wants to hate on the original trilogy and destroy it. If all of this isn't proof that I was correct and I'm not just, you know, wanting to be some hater just to hate, then I don't know what to tell you. You're you're a sheep. <laughs> this is this is as clear as you can possibly be. Hatred of the original trilogy. Luke saying that the worst thing, you, so the worst thing you can be is the hero of the original trilogy that made everything what it is today. If that didn't exist, none of this exists. None of, they don't have these jobs. They don't own the largest franchise in the world. What was the most marketable franchise and is not anymore, thanks to their screw-ups and this crap. The kid, the person that everyone grew up after, that was a hero that chose not to fight. You want to talk about a good example? This toxic masculinity that they all want to act like is all like this problem and this issue. You know, there's a video out there that I thought about reviewing, but I just didn't. That it's about, you know, it's the pop star detective or pop culture detective or something like that. And he's talking about basically toxic masculinity is the problem with the Jedi Order. <laughs> and that that's the issue. And but yet it gave us the first hero that I know of. There may be another, but the first huge hero that we know of that, that really won by not fighting. He pulled a pacifist thing to win. But yet people, kids for generations grew up looking up to him. I was born 1990 and I, I grew up watching nothing but Star Wars and Luke Skywalker. A little bit of Power Rangers, <laughs> but largely Luke Skywalker. That this is who this is. And you're saying that this is the worst thing that looking up to this person and wanting to be like this person could be more dangerous than Kylo Ren. It's more dangerous than a <clears throat> person that would kill their father. This is what you're telling us. This is this is Disney Star Wars now. This is already bad, but it it's going to contradict itself later, and it's just brilliant. the 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 only the only thing that makes this where I can survive reading this book is just the, the hilarious irony. Like yesterday, when they tried to fix Ray being a Mary Sue, but actually made her worse of a Mary Sue by giving her. 
the fix to fix her Mary Sueness made her the Mary Suest of them all. <laughs> it's great. It's great watching idiots try to fix idiotic decisions. So then she sees the caretakers, and there's a big fire. And this was in a deleted scene. And she says, what's going on? And Luke says, marauders show up, and they plunder the place. And she's like, well, we need to go help them. And he's like, no, those Jedi, you know, the Jedi that you want to follow, which she she just wants Luke as a teacher, but the Jedi that you want to follow, because we, we got to keep hating on the Jedi, they say that you, you shouldn't go and help them, that you should you should sit back and be pacifists. Because if you go and help them now, the marauders will come back later with more weapons and do worse, and you won't be here to protect them. So you'll just make it worse on them in the long run. And she's like, I'm not listening to this, and she runs down. So she runs down there, and of course she is down there, and it's just a party. Luke lied. And so Luke gets down there, and she's mad. She's like, why did you tell me that? And he's like, oh, I tried, but you were too fast. It's just so stupid. More stupid jokes. Dumb, horrible, stupid jokes. And so she goes, so he says, uh, see, this is what the resistance needs. The resistance needs people like you. They don't need an old religion. <laughs> this, is, this is where it just, it, it unravels beyond belief. So they need someone that will run in and take action. They don't need an old religion. Name who that sounds like in the original trilogy. Someone that just ran into danger to try to help out people. Hmm. Hmm. Seems like Luke Skywalker to me. <laughs> Seems like that's who that's we're talking about. Luke Skywalker. But wait, didn't they just say Luke Skywalker is actually the worst thing that like to be like Luke? That's even more dangerous than Kylo. <laughs> you see how stupid this is? They just, they're so focused on trying to hate on and ruin Luke and to ruin the Jedi Order that they just blind, they miss how stupid all of this is and how much they contradict themselves like a page later. Not to mention that his argument is, is what the resistance needs is someone that's willing to just take action and run in. Now, what did I say earlier in the video? What did Holdo say to Poe? She mocked him. For wanting to have some kind of save the day moment. That there was no time for idiotic heroes. That she was going to save the fleet from heroes. Sounds like Luke is actually saying the exact opposite. That the Resistance needs people like Poe. Because that's what Poe's trying to do and she's mocking it. And they play it off later like Holdo's <laughs> the hero. I'm, going, I'm, getting, I'm turning into Hodor right now. Um, it's a Game of Thrones reference for those of you who don't watch it. Um, he's not a smart fellow. Um, he just says Hodor over and over again. Enough said. Holdo, who's played out to be a hero later in Poe the Idiot, is saying the exact opposite is the goal and is, is the right thing to do. But yet Luke's saying that Ray's what the Resistance needs because she does what, what Poe is doing. But yet Luke's a terrible person and you don't want to be like him because that's dangerous even though Ray's doing exactly what Luke's always done. <laughs> this is where all of this runs into an issue. 
When you're a lazy and terrible writer, and you really just want to write out a character, but the problem is that the character's attributes are really great for a character in these scenarios, then the only thing you can do is write him completely different and just try to hope people try to explain it away and pretend like it's some high-level brilliant thing, and then you just make your new character to be basically just like him. Because that's what they did with Ray and Luke. They just made Luke be a coward and made Ray kind of be like Luke and attempt that. It's terrible, of course. And no one likes her like we like Luke because she's never earned anything. It's not natural. It's just kind of written in everywhere. But this is what you're doing, and this is the problem. Instead of putting Luke in that situation... Instead of coming up with, you know, using effort and talent and skill, things they don't have, to come up with a logical reasoning to make these connections where Luke's not fighting and Ray's similar to him, and that's said as a positive thing. You just lazily did it. Luke's completely different. Uh, you don't want to be like Luke because that's more dangerous than Kylo. But hey, this is exactly what the Resistance needs to be just like Luke. Uh, <laughs> but don't go and act heroic and stuff that we need to save the fleet from heroes, but we need someone to be. A, it's just, it's, 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 it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And I've had to repeat this twice because the video cut off. So this is just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm done done with this. this is halfway through halfway through but i gotta close off with a shining moment of chapter 17 the ending so i having this conversation and the caretakers are having a party so luke in the middle of this conversation because ryan doesn't understand understand tone he then tries to dance with her and she gets a little giggly and she blushes. I told you blushing's in this constantly. It's a four-year-old story. Not a four-year-old. Because a four-year-old's... It's a preteen love story. It's a preteen writing a story, a fan fiction of her falling in love with her hero on the Disney Channel or a movie or some band where he's trying to dance with her and she's just blushing and giggling. That's what that's what's going on. And it says, but Luke seemed to know how to dance, but Ray doesn't know how to dance, and she doesn't want to dance. And he says, Oh, come on, what are you afraid of? And she says, I don't know how to dance. <laughs> and then he says, Well, you weren't what are you scared of? You you ran down here. And she was like, Yeah, but that's not scary. I can do all the tough stuff, but I can't do the little other stuff. I'm embarrassed. It's just it's the dumbest crap. It's it's so dumb. This whole thing's dumb. It's almost over with. I'm going to make it, but it's miserable. Uh, I've, this is a long enough video, so I'm going to cut it off. <sighs> I look forward to hearing all your thoughts and opinions down below. I'm sure quite a few of you will disagree with me. Uh, I look forward to that. It'll be fun having conversations about that, being called a, a retard. And uh, <clears throat> being told I don't know anything about Star Wars and being called a B-word and toxic 
and many other enjoyable things that I've been called in the last two days. Thanks, friendly folks in the comments. You guys are awesome. But anyways, as always, thank you very much for watching, and never forget you, Nerf Herders. I love you.